0: This week on Retronauts, we learned that the real spirit within is friendship. Hey everybody, it's me Bob Mackie for Retronauts Live episode 51. This week we're going to be continuing our movie month that we started I think back in like February or March or something like that and today we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy The Spirits Within but before I continue let me introduce my cast for today. Who is to my right?
1: I am Chris Kohler, editor of Game Life at Wired.
0: He's back due to popular demand. You guys (laughs) wanted him, we brought him in and we made him wait for half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So let's move on, who's our next guest? I'm Ray Barnholt, I'll come here anyway. (laughs) Yay! <laughs> Ray is uh, a friend of One Up and IGN. And who else do we have?
2: Uh, Marty yeah. Sleva, associate editor for OneUp.com.
0: Hooray. So Yay. yes, today we are going to be talking about Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. If you haven't listened to our Movie Month podcast, basically we uh, give some context about the movie, we talk about the plot, we have some discussion, and then we talk about uh, user comments. So let's get started with Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. A little background information for you guys. It came out in uh, 2001, July 11, 2001. Um, it was directed by uh, Nabu excuse me, Hiro Nobu Sakaguchi, who uh, we all know as the creator of Final Fantasy. I
1: was going to jump down your throat for that one, but luckily you, you saved yourself. <laughs> He's
0: just some it. guy. They pulled <laughs> off the streets. Uh, and then uh, Moto Sakakibara, who I looked up, he, I guess he was a square a CGI guy. He worked mm. on CGI for their games. Um, some the writers behind this project were, um, the story was by Sakaguchi, but the writers were Al Reinert, who did a documentary called For All Mankind, and he also helped write Apollo 13. And uh, Jeff Vintner, or Vintar, who uh, wrote the iRobot movie, which wasn't really the iRobot movie, uh, at least at first. It was in the script. So there's a big story behind that, which is not (laughs) super interesting. Yeah. and basically, this movie was a flop. Budgeted at one thirty-seven million, only made eighty-five million worldwide. So it mm-hmm. lost quite a chunk of change for the dearly departed Square Pictures. Right.
1: Well, it was budgeted at like seventy million. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It cost them one hundred and thirty-seven million
0: dollars. Uh, so. Things quickly got out of hand. I think there was a four-year production uh, period for this movie, mm-hmm. um, including like pre-production to, to post-production. And uh, I guess Sakaguchi got this idea when originally working on Final Fantasy Seven, And there are many. Uh, I guess strange comparisons we can make up. i guess we can get to those when we talk about the plot but let's give a brief history of final fantasy media final fantasy media adaptations um yeah. right did you want to jump in i just want to say the story of how the movie is made is more interesting than the movie story oh my god
3: right Yeah. Uh, no, like <laughs> apocalypse now yeah, yes established that now i find yeah. it
0: very strange that the most popular video games rarely have uh some sort of other media adaptation or a popular media adaptation so we have uh the first Final Fantasy adaptation I can think of is the Legend of the Crystals anime, mm-hmm. which I think everyone mm-hmm. in this room might have purchased at some point. <laughs> it had, yeah.
1: Well, why? Because they sold four copies? Um, uh-huh. no, uh, I actually uh, bought the fan subs of that. Oh, way, nice. Like, from yeah. a sketchy internet vendor uh, back in 1990. I was like, oh, geez. Um... Let's see. How do I how do I date this? Uh, I'd already had articles appearing in Game On USA, which means it was like 97 or okay. so. So yeah, I bought the fan subs of that, and um, that was not good.
0: Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I just bought it because it had the Final Fantasy name on it, and it was anime, and I was into both at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two best things ever in one package. How could you <laughs> yeah, go wrong? But, no, 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 I mean, everybody yeah.
1: wanted to you know, watch the Final Fantasy anime. It wasn't available. I mean, eventually it was available in America. Right. Yeah.
0: And it was a kind of uh, sequel to a game that we had never played. Yeah, you know, I know, so that was the craziest <laughs> part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sequel to Final Fantasy V. So yep. then uh, skipping past uh, the Spirits Within, just want to give a brief overview. We have the Final Fantasy Unlimited anime, which I heard was extremely unpopular. I think it was even canceled. And then we have Advent mm-hmm. Children. So that is sort of the legacy of Final Fantasy media. But uh, today we're talking about The Spirits Within. I want to know from you guys, like, what did you think about this movie before it came out? And I'll start. Uh, why don't you start, Chris? Like, what, what was your perception of this movie? You said you hadn't seen it before yesterday or oh, today. Oh, no, no,
1: no. I said I had watched it yesterday for the oh, first time okay. in 11 years. Meaning oh. it had been 11 years since I watched it. Okay. Oh, no, I was I was absolutely anticipating this. I mean, at the time, you know, in the time the movie was being made from 1996. Seven or thereabouts to 2001. Like I was a huge Final Fantasy nerd. You know, like I had bought seven and eight and nine all during that time. Right. You know, I I, I played I played ten, which I don't think was out in the U.S. as yet. Like when did ten come out? Ten was, was uh of
0: like about six months after end the movie. Of, it was right. December 2001. Right.
1: So I would already. I want to say I already played it because I played the, the Japanese version. Right, right. So, anyway, like, you know, super into Final Fantasy, and I've been following the progress of this movie. And for me, it was like, oh man, you know, finally, Hironobu Sakaguchi director of these amazing, you know, video games is going to get to do a, this big-budget Hollywood film, you know, and and people will see how amazing Final Fantasy is, you know, and how, how talented he is, and didn't really realize because I was, like, 20 years old at the time, <laughs> like, skills at directing video games were, not only were they not necessarily going to transfer over, it was a completely different skill set, and, you know, it just it wasn't going to happen.
0: Well, Chris, I was much younger than you. I was only 19, and uh, I had a similar <laughs> perception. I was, like... Square, uh, it only makes sense. Like, their, their games are getting closer and closer to the movies. I assume, I assume that was a good thing at the time. You know, like, games are becoming more cinematic. So, of course, the next logical step would be a movie. How about you, Ray? What did you think about uh, The Spirits Within well, in I'll 2001?
3: Like, well, uh, well, like Chris, I was suitably interested. And look, I guess hyped, but ultimately I did not see it in the theater. Mm. So I only saw it like two thousand eight or something because I bought the Blu-ray. Nice.
0: <laughs> uh, you get every single one of those beautifully rendered lines yeah, it's resolution. It's part of the
1: problem, you know. Yep. The movie lost like lost like you know whatever fifty million dollars if you would gone to the theater. I would have only lost. <laughs> yep. You know, every time well, someone round up fifty million dollars, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I think every time someone buys a copy of it on Blu-ray, Sakaguchi gets a text. <laughs> He's like, yes, uh, someone out there. How about Shizu, you, Marty? Shizu
1: Sakaguchi, someone bought your movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: I will. <laughs> yes! Oh! Yes, Double that Simpsons references happening in this room. Uh, Marty, please.
2: Uh, this was, uh, it came out the summer right before I went to high school, uh, mm. and uh, it was right, I, th- I think my, my freshman year of high school is right when I actually started uh, developing like a, a critical eye towards movies. Um, and so, yeah, like everyone else, I'd been you know a fan of the games, and I was really stoked for the movie, and the previews look pretty, so I went in with pretty high hopes.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I guess we can all talk about... Ah, we can just save that for later. Let's get into the plot of this movie, because I don't know if it's complex or just really strangely metaphysical, but there's a lot I wrote down here, and we're going to try to get through (laughs) this. And like I said, in the tradition of movie month, like, uh, stop me, and I'll stop myself to, like, sort of break up this thing in the discussion. But we open the movie, as all great movies open, in a dream. Uh, The first (laughs) shot we see is of the beautifully, lovingly rendered eye of Dr. Aki Ross, so... Mm -hmm immediately we're hit with like oh my god they rendered a human face so accurately because we see just the eye and the eye closing we're supposed to be impressed i mean at the time yes that was impressive um, this is a point i want to bring up today like do these uh visuals hold up today and um my feeling is they mostly don't just because of the faces and motion captures come a long way especially if you look at square's newest tech demo but we'll see about that um when we talk about that later i want to so, say
3: this, this these those first shots of the movie are basically just blade runner up over yeah. the Vista.
0: I have not seen Blade Runner in a while <laughs> yeah. Thank you Ray So we zoom back to see that she's on a desert planet She steps on a, this bug like skeleton creature And wakes up and then we learn that She's been recording her dreams uh, These are recurring dreams in an attempt to find out What they are trying to tell her And we soon learn what they are um, she believes her dreams are uh, the key to holding um, – to saving Earth from the alien invaders that arrived 34 years ago. So we have our backstory um, 34 years ago. <laughs> yes. So Oh, this is- really? And, and it's
1: just that we, we immediately just get into this absolutely ham-handed dialogue. Yes. Where, like, the, the first scene is her mm. just going – I am on this spaceship. Yeah. The aliens landed 34 years ago. Yeah. That... I am dreaming about the aliens. <laughs> yeah. What do the aliens tell me in and
3: my dream? That's like the bad version of Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. I know.
0: I think her dialogue is really just a PowerPoint slide or something. Just like, here's yeah. what this movie's about. So yeah, in 2031, I'm guessing a uh, meteor hit the earth. These weird aliens called phantoms started swarming out of it. And that is the current problem. The earth is infested with these things. I guess they're transparent or invisible. And, uh, <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. The movie's not very really clear. And then uh, I guess everyone is living above Earth in these strange like space stations. Yeah. And um, so we see uh, the main character, Dr. Aki Ra. She's played by uh, the actress Ming-Na. Uh, she lands in old New York Veteran City.
1: of uh, video game-based uh, uh, Yeah, of films. this podcast. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, wait, what else was she in? She was she Chun-Li, Chun-Li in the Jean-Claude Van Damme Street Fighter I forgot movie. about yeah. that. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. Yes. Man. How could you? Man,
0: I'm sorry, I'm rusty on my Chinese actresses. Yeah. Uh, she also played pro-
1: Chun-Li in Street Fighter the movie, the video game. Yeah, that's right.
0: Whoa. Oh, wow. She <laughs> yes. must have needed work bad. Uh, so, yes, that she's Real played by bad. Ming-Na. Yeah. And she was Mulan, who might
2: be in the game you're reviewing
0: right now. Oh, wow. Okay, that's true.
1: going on to and better things yeah I think she I think she plays the Street Fighter the movie the video game and wishes that she had just done porn instead <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's less people uh, less people would know about porn I think <laughs> than that so uh, yes we uh we follow her down to the streets of old new york city she fires this weird flare thing in the air she gets nothing yeah, she fires it again <laughs> yeah what is and i guess this thing is to uncover the phantoms that are crawling around because when she fires it a second time they appear uh and they chase her for a bit until full, four soldiers drop in and rescue her with lasers so the phantoms can <laughs> yeah. be destroyed with lasers but yes. i guess that's the only means of defeating them um we learn more about a giant laser later okay but um, to give a, yeah go ahead Gr- uh, I don't know, please a, jump in a,
2: a bit of uh I don't know. Compliment to this movie. Uh, I did like that scene. I thought it was a, a, a very quiet, stoic, uh, you know, show don't tell kind of thing. Right, right. Uh, um, especially in, in you know, juxtaposed to that heavy handed exposition. You know, as soon as the movie opens, this is see, who I am. It, it goes into into, like I'm I, doing. I think it was like a ten-minute scene, you know, uh, yeah. without a line of dialogue. I actually took notice
0: mm-hmm. of that. It reminded me of uh, the way different movies, but like Wall-E. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like mm. a, like a weird. I mean, it's an abandoned apocalyptic planet yeah, with yeah. like one character moving around and not a lot of dialogue. So. I'm with
3: you like 90 percent of the way because like there are also like bits of dialogue that are just kind of silly, like you know the the soldiers calling each other's names when you can't really see them or you know know who's who. Yeah, gray. yeah. We just yeah, let's establish it. Okay, he's Gray. He's Ryan. He's Jane, <laughs> She's Jane. So.
0: Yeah, I don't like the, the uh, well, yeah, we, we uh, get introduced to these, um, these four soldiers. I don't think it's a great idea to introduce four characters when they're all costumed and masks. It just seems like a really bad idea to they're introduce characters. They're all Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like you can do it, but they didn't do it well. I mean, yeah. you're, you're presenting yourself a yeah. challenge. You know, and they weren't up to that challenge.
0: I mean, like on the Ghost and Ghostbusters are all dressed the same, but on the Ghostbusters cartoon, they gave, gave them each a different colors <laughs> <Right>. to <laughs> right. like, like as visual markers, like okay, you know, blue is whatever, pink is whatever, yeah. you know, so we could tell who is who. But in right. this, I can at least and they have names on their uniforms. Yeah. The yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah, but in this one, um, God, like I don't know if there's a way to tell them apart when they're uniform. Uh,
2: it was the same problem with uh, the, the Resident Evil movie when we talked about That's it. That's right. They yeah, they introduced a fuck ton of characters yeah. in one moment, and then mm. everyone kind of looks the same. They all the same guns. And all the same, same, same haircuts. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, well, you know. It was yeah.
0: a
1: fi- There's Okay, so I mean, probably one of the re- recurring themes we're going to come back to in this podcast is how the Final Fantasy of the Spirits Within had very, very tenuous connections at best to anything right. that could be resembling like Final Fantasy. I can't like, believe... Like, what is the Final yeah. Fantasy of this movie? So one of the things that it seemed to me uh, is that this was the party
2: absolutely you know mm.
1: this was your main character mm. and your four characters mm. in your party because that's just the sort of story that sakaguchi wrote was this ensemble cast right sort of like four or five people all working together to do stuff kind of a thing right
0: you know? Now yeah. i can see that i think uh, i don't know who brought it up to me but um maybe it was jose it's like there's there's a five is it a five or four person party it's, it's a five-person yeah. party. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think he was trying to sell me on that was like the fundamental idea of the, the characters it, like reflected that of the games. Like mm-hmm. there was a party. So I can see that. Right. Yeah. And he
1: knew who would be in the back row by
0: looking at that. <laughs> yeah. <right> Steve Buscemi, <laughs> back row. Back row. <laughs> so yeah, uh, like these guys, they drop in to, I guess, either rescue her or arrest her. Uh, she runs off saying she can't leave the planet without the life form. Uh, she mm-hmm. finds it. It's a green plant. The uh, the phantom's attack. Also, oh, go ahead.
1: Which also occurred in Wally.
0: That's yeah. right. Oh my God, the Wally comparisons. <laughs> oh, There's a lawsuit. Sakaguchi, yeah. you're going to buy yeah. a second house in Hawaii after this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so yes, uh, we uh, she obtains the uh, the life form. Uh, she gets detained by the crew, and we learn that uh, Aki and the leader, whose named Gray, know each other. How she didn't recognize him based on his voice alone yeah. kind of baffles me but um yeah so she likes Studio 60 yeah. and uh, she, she's boycotting the other one so yes we meet the crew uh, of Deep Eyes when they're all aboard the ship we have Neil played the by Steve Japanese Buscemi most
3: name in that entire film <laughs> <What laughs> Deep is Eyes Deep yeah, Eyes yeah, yeah. that's just like the most JRPG type anime type label for <laughs> it, it reminds days. me of like Seeds or whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: like yeah, the the yeah, yeah. name uh, yeah, of the corporals or whatever so we have Neil played by Steve Buscemi looks nothing like Steve Buscemi actually looks like Jason Priestley so it's really weird yeah yeah. that is
1: the bizarrest um the 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 the, the um the uh what is what is the word I'm looking for? Um, uh
0: incongruous.
1: In, incongruity okay. between wow. the face and the voice yeah, of uh, yeah. an actor. Yes.
0: It's so, like it's weird hearing Steve Buscemi's, I don't know, I guess 40-ish creaky voice coming out of this pretty boy uh right. Right, character. Right, right. Yeah. and
2: again and this leading, was uh. this was kind of pre-Mocap when when you know digital versions of actors actually kind of looked like I mean right. like something like It was pre-facial pre like. capture. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. They yeah.
1: they motion captured this movie and so right. far as they put things on actors and they were able to capture like the stick figure version of yeah. the actors moving around and that's what they based all the... So that's why it looks very realistic when they're walking around and that's why the faces
0: everyone don't look like anything. Yeah. In, in this yeah. future, everyone got Botox... <laughs> Uh that's, that's daily. Kinda what it looks like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah a yeah. lot of they're really hard to uh, emote. <laughs> and yeah. that's why
1: it doesn't I mean I'm, I'm guessing you're going to get into this later but you right. know as far as the graphics holding up today that's one of the reasons why it just kind of doesn't.
0: Yeah the, yeah, the whole in kenny Valley thing. So we have mm-hmm. neil uh Steve buscemi we have Jane uh Perry Gilpin. She was uh Fraser's boss mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Fraser. Oh, uh, that's uh, Perry Gilpin. Yes, uh Ryan played by Ving Rames, so I guess was your utility black guy at the time. Yep. Uh I, I don't feel like there's a lot of uh imagination that went to this casting. It felt like a lot of like just standard stock character types. Yeah. You know, right. like, Chokes. oh, Michael. Uh, sorry, not Bing Rhames Whoa. and Mike Clark Duncan are, are not the same person. But it seems like, like, okay, you're going to be our stock black guy. So we have one of two people to choose from. Maybe uh, Michael Clark Duncan was busy. He's probably filming The Green Mile or something. So right. we got Bing right, Rhames. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the entire crew gets scanned. It was scanned. a different time. It was.
1: It wasn't safe to have most, most black actors
0: in your film. You <laughs> now know? Hollywood has three black people, and it's much better. So yes, uh, the entire crew gets scanned for infestation, and Gray ends up being infested. Uh, Aki kills it with some weird doctor laser thing And meets with Dr. Sid Who is our our one connection really to the Final Fantasy universe I guess the one concrete connection we have Is a character named Sid who is a doctor
1: And importantly They made sure to spell it differently Yeah Yeah, yeah, that bothered me
0: That really bothered me especially making these notes i'm like it just looks wrong but
1: it but it it hammers home the point that they were actually really trying to break away from Final Mm. Fantasy. like at the time i kind of thought to myself like shouldn't they just you know if they were going to spend you know a a jillion dollars making a final fantasy movie that was going to suck anyway like shouldn't they have made like a movie version of like final fantasy 6 or whatever like something that actually engaged the final fantasy fans at the time Mm -hmm. um that's that's what i was thinking Yeah. yeah because
3: like on the surface, like Advent Children was that. I mean, it was yeah. familiar, and it's oh, on yeah. the surface, it gave people what they want, which was a movie based on, a, on an actual right. game.
1: If you're going to make a shitty movie, at least make a shitty movie that your fans are, right. are going to eat up, <laughs> so you like candy. Um, I agree. You know, cuz that movie sucked too, but at least it sucked and had Cloud and yeah. Tifa in it, Yeah. You know? But it, yeah,
3: but it's also this whole dimension
1: of like this was a Hollywood movie and that was just the all all Japanese made CD for movie. fans, yeah. made but for a certain But at the same time, group. thinking about it now, it's like, oh, that's, this this may have actually been the right thing to do because instead of now restricting it to only people who are going to get Final Fantasy in jokes, they could actually potentially expand the reach of the franchise into the mainstream. That that, that was the big kind of audacious Play right. that they were making with this—that yeah. like they were going to make this big Hollywood blockbuster—and it was actually going to engage, you know, millions upon millions of, of mainstream moviegoers right. and bring them into the Final Fantasy series. Mm-hmm. It didn't quite work out that
0: way. It did not. Uh, but
1: that <laughs> I think was the rationale for sort of rejecting everything because they wanted to make a clean break.
0: Right. But for making a Hollywood movie, they make some strange choices, and we'll get to those later. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like it kind of bucks a lot of trends uh, that at least were happening in Hollywood movies at the time. It's like a very metaphysical and spiritual thing. But uh, let's continue. So Aki meets Dr. Sid, and then we are immediately brought to a scene where Dr. Sid is testifying in front of this leadership council that I guess is uh, running this space station everyone is living on. Um, they're talking about this thing called the Zeus space cannon which uh, gives you shades of the Junon cannon from Final Fantasy 7 mm. what they wanted which they wanted to use to defeat the giant robot weapons that were floating around um,
1: uh,
0: <laughs> basically all sounds
2: very silly as you yes, say yes it, it does like. doesn't it
0: I can't believe I know all this but let's keep going uh So, they want to hit the uh, meteor where the phantoms came from with this laser, uh, but there's arguments against it saying, you know, hey, uh, if we hit it with a laser, the phantoms are just going to get madder, they're going to go deeper in the earth, they're going to be harder to find, Mm -hmm. Uh, and the villain of this picture is James Woods, uh, General Hine. Um, so basically totally
1: he's totally not a one dimensional no 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 no, 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 no. way Like his black trench coat and his <laughs> permanent expression on his face slick like back hair Yeah.
0: oh did you know
3: to, his family was killed by the phantoms <laughs> oh, hey, we
0: get 20 seconds of sympathy for him <laughs> yeah. yeah. but yeah like I, and also with James Woods I get the feeling that he did not know what the hell he was reading when he was reading these lines because I just feel this sense of like <laughs> what is this bullshit <laughs> in, in his line readings you know and I feel yeah. like uh, Ming-Na had the best like performance in the movie and maybe Donald 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 yeah. Sutherland didn't know what he was saying, but he said it well. Yeah,
3: so I she, think, yeah, I like him as far
1: as the acting, probably the best. Right. Yeah. And she said in interviews at the time, she seemed m- the most into it uh, of anybody. Right, she, Like yeah. She really liked the character. She liked what was going on. You know, she said, yeah. oh, I'd like to play her again. You know, I'd like, you know, for this to keep going. So, I mean, she seemed like she was really kind of, like, invested in the project and yeah. thought it was right. good. And being um,
0: worked with. And I Whereas, think that's part of the reason is she she was a voice actor, too, along with being a traditional actor. And they're both very yeah. different, like... um had the required different skills of you and so mm-hmm. she was maybe a little more comfortable mm-hmm. with that so yes um, General Hine as we said wants to blast a laser into the earth to destroy the meteor but Sid jumps up starts filibustering about how the cannon will hurt Gaia the spirit of the earth now imagine if Let's say a meteor was headed towards the earth and like Congress was talking about this and your local congressman was like, no, 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 we can't shoot a, a laser at the meteor. It'll hurt the spirits within. Right, um, right. This makes Sid sound very, very crazy because mm-hmm. it seems weird. Like in the future, we can accept like aliens, but it's hard to accept like spiritualism and magic as much as it is to accept like science, you know. Yeah. But I mean, that's what's at the heart of this movie. Like spiritualism is better than science. So um, Aki basically shows, uh, backs up Sid's claim. That um eight these eight magic organisms, when collected, can fully neutralize phantom powers, and she's living proof, and she shows that she's using one of the organisms to help combat the um the phantom infection going on in her body. So apparently at one point she was infected and she is um currently infected, and this this uh magic thing inside of her body is saving her. Am I right about this? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she yeah. should
1: be dead, but they were able to save her because they had six of the whatever spirits. Right,
0: and we should mention like Basically, if the phantoms touch you, they rip your soul out of your body. But I guess you can also get contaminated with phantom particles, which don't kill you as fast, maybe, right. I guess. But if a phantom, you, a phantom touches you, it's pretty much instant death. I think now, of course, it.
1: at this point, basically nothing happens with, you know, nobody changes their minds. Like, it's just sort of thing like, what is this mystical mumbo jumbo? It's yeah. like, well, actually, they are, are concrete things that we found and we've used them to contain the infection. And here is the yeah, here's some proof, proof that right, contains yeah. the infection. I don't go into any of your <laughs> spiritual who. (laughs) Ha, Dr.
0: Jesus. Yeah, like, (laughs) Dr. Jesus. Before the proof, I would be be saying that, but after the proof, I'd be like, oh, okay, I guess I was a jackass. But...
1: I feel uh, like it's a very video
2: gamey thing too. To have these like you know finite number of like these X things exactly. you have to collect. Uh, that seems like uh, even though it's like <laughs> yep. you jump in right at the end, it seems like that could have been the plot mm-hmm. of a Final Fantasy movie. It's
0: true. Uh, I actually wrote this down. Okay, so picking up with the plot again, uh, we're fully caught up with what's happening in the movie. I feel like we're on the last ifs, we're on the last disc of a PlayStation era RPG oh, where yeah. our party has already collected six of the eight magical things. Right. They need to collect two more. So I feel like we we're like jumping into the story like about seventy five percent of the way through. Right. Um such
1: a such a video gamey thing. I don't even know if they realized at that point that what a video gamey thing they were doing. But yeah, like, oh, we have to collect these eight spirits yeah. like, and these
0: is... the eight spirits are bizarre. I'll tell you what they are. the eight well sp- oh, I can name some of them. they are uh, they have names uh, they don't have names, but they' are, they are they're objects. so oh, we have I uh from? yeah Aki herself is one of the spirits um, a fish, oh yeah, spoilers <laughs> a deer. <laughs> A bird, a dying little girl, and the plant she just picked up, and this is like a totally fucked up scavenger, in my opinion. Right. I guess, I guess they have to scan planets looking for what spirits are compatible. I don't know what makes a spirit compatible. That is not really clear to me. I don't know if that was clear to any of you guys, they, they but glow. That's, yeah, look for the glowy things and right. then they unite glow them.
3: Glow blue instead of red.
0: So uh, Gray is privately grilled by the council, and we learn that Heim believes. Um, Aki's phantom infection is clouding her thinking and making her side with the phantoms, trying to sabotage the council's um, ways. So in the following scene, we see the in the following scene with Aki's dream, we see the phantoms acting very docile towards her. So even she believes that she's losing um, to the infection. Um, and then we go out on out with a uh, team Deep Eyes on a recon mission for the Seventh Spirit, and they find it inside of a battery, um, inside of a dead corpse or something like that. Um, and then the or phantoms whatever, attack. Yeah. yeah, no, it's like it's it's very bizarre. Is it a battery? If is I may, it <laughs> okay? Please. <laughs> It's an energy cell
3: that has the, uh, the 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 bio something energy that everybody Bioetheric uses. energy. Bioetheric energy,
1: that's right. Someone listen to the commentary. So. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yes, the scraps yeah. of that. So there's yes, life in the battery, yeah. right? It's a it's biological, it's biofuel. Got there's it. So there's there's some sort of there. biological yeah. component which to means it which that it could be a spirit.
0: Right. Um, so we see the phantoms attack and I think this is the first time we see what they do to people. They pull your blue soul out of their body. Mm-hmm. And basically eat it. I'm not sure what happens after that, but it seems pretty terrible. <laughs> and um, Aki, excuse me, Aki succumbs to her infection. And passes out. And sorry about the and 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 description, but uh, <laughs> then Hine tries to take her but into that was custody. That how it was written in yeah, Pretty much. It's like, <laughs> and then this happens, and then this, this a, happens, and this happens.
2: This is kind of the moment though where I noticed like, the strange, uh, the strange, <laughs> the strange internal logic uh, yes. of the movie that the uh, the phantoms like will 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 rise from the ground, like they they can move through any object, but mm. then they start to walk on the
0: ground. Yeah, and just, it just seems like, very strange.
2: It's like, why don't you keep floating? Like floating right. seems easier. Way. Yeah. No, I do that in creative mode in
3: Minecraft.
0: Ah. <laughs> so this is really uh, an allegory from minecraft yeah i see
3: if i turn on doom no clipping i can choose to walk <laughs> or fly through
0: man ray has it figured out so anyways um heinz tries to take aki into custody there's a struggle between heinz cr- troops and gray but uh they kind of sideswipe a phantom and the phantom takes out the people trying to capture aki um yes
3: yeah, this one anonymous soldier that was
0: yeah, on the ship with i him. think voiced by the guy who does bender I heard him say one line. Possibly. I was like, that sounds like Bender, but yeah, that makes sense. could be John DiMaggio. Shake the dog.
3: <laughs> well, there's another character. Uh, the major is voiced by the guy who played Aaron in Final Fantasy X. Oh, yeah, ah, that's right. That's yeah. right. And uh, he's probably my second favorite actor <laughs> in the film.
0: So, Hein uh, finds out about this and sends out a command team to detain Gray and Ross, and he goes off to destroy their research. Um, then we're brought to a scene where Dr. Sid prescribes what looks like spirit therapy for Aki, which is never explained that well, and it involves um, Mm. installing the seventh spirit in her body and Grey entering her dreams, and it made me think, like, why, if she's been having these recurring dreams for months, why didn't anyone do this before? Did she just not tell anyone before? Or I'm just wondering, anyone have any thoughts on this? (laughs) I thought that also, like, way back when we first see Dr. Sid, and he just decides at
3: that moment to burn up his his notebook.
0: Yeah, yeah, just like, like, oh, I'll do it now. Yeah, we should (laughs) mention that, uh, for some reason, Sid... Had, has this all figured out. I don't know how. Like, he's like, if we gather these eight things, we will destroy the phantoms. But then he burns, like, the evidence because he feels like it'll get him in trouble. Yes. I'm not sure how he also, ever figured that out. In the
1: far off future, people still just sort of scribble all their really important shit <laughs> in a notebook.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, on a burnable yeah. notebook. Right, uh, right, yeah. Thank God we have those portable incinerators to destroy evidence. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So, where the hell was I? Oh, yes. Uh, So, Grey enters Aki's dreams. He realizes what's happening, and um, we cut then to um, Hein raiding Sid's lab, basically, to look for incriminating evidence. And this is where I thought the logic of this didn't flow very naturally, (laughs) as we were going to mention again and again. So, uh, Hein is looking for evidence that, uh, that Aki is siding with the phantoms, and the evidence that he centers in on is the fact that she recorded a dream with phantoms in it. Now, we are living in a post-apocalyptic world that is ravaged by these creatures. Do you think it would be that strange for a person to have nightmares about them at any point? <laughs> yeah. It feels yeah. like everyone in this in this world should be having night terrors constantly about being destroyed by phantoms. because that's, right. uh, that's a real, actual threat. <laughs> and I don't think having a single dream recorded about phantoms is enough to incriminate you as being part of them. Maybe there's some weird uh, McCarthyism uh, allegory or something happening here, but oh, yeah. it just seemed like very flimsy <laughs> evidence. There's,
1: did they scrap the, the Fifth Amendment? You know, I don't what, know. What, it's what like...
0: What was that called? The uh, the Dent Act. There you go. Oh, yes. man. Sorry, uh, that's a Batman reference, <laughs> and I apologize for that. Yeah. Uh, yes, so let's move on. Uh, so we are, where are we now? Um, yes, we're back no to one knows. Aki's dream. <laughs> yes, we're back to Aki's dream. We see phantoms fighting each other. This is the dream that Grey is in as well. Um, and then they suddenly stop and then all the phantoms are just staring off in the distance and this hellfire explosion sort of engulfs them all and then Aki states she finally understands uh, how to stop the phantoms and knows where they come from and in that second Hein arrests her it's just like a comedy it's just like I know what we have to do and then he's like you're under arrest Mm -hmm. so yes Uh, the movie tries to make us sympathize with Hein, as Ray told us by showing that he's kind of twisted because his wife and daughter were killed by phantoms in San Francisco and I say suck it up buddy who doesn't have family members that were killed by phantoms (laughs) that doesn't give you an excuse
1: hey why didn't you move your family to the suburbs? Exactly. everybody yeah. does in San Francisco. Everyone in Walnut yeah. Creek was the Only safe. people live in San <laughs> Fr- Yeah, exactly. The only people who live here are hipsters.
0: Exactly. People with yeah. too much money. And yeah. <laughs> they would be totally fine in Richmond. <laughs> Not the Richmond. <laughs> Let's move on. That's, in, that's an SFN joke for you folks. <laughs> yes. So, Just
1: Like Santa Clara? Really? Um, um,
0: sure. Let's move there. F- yeah. Phantom-, <laughs> Phantom friendly. Santa Clara. <laughs> So, yes, uh, it's at this point after um, the whole team's arrested that Hein goes rogue. He decides that the best way to get the council to let him use the the, uh, Zeus cannon is to let a few phantoms slip in and show them that, hey, this barrier is not going to keep the phantoms out. I'm just going to sabotage it for a bit. (laughs) And (laughs) uh, what could go wrong with that plan, right? And apparently a lot of things go wrong. Um, <laughs> while that's happening, a really dumb conversation happens in jail that shows that the aliens are actually ghosts of a planet that got exploded. Um, which gave yeah. me some strange uh, shades of Scientology. Where, oh, like, oh, yeah. all of our problems are caused by alien ghosts, guys. Well, man. Um, I'll take some donations after the podcast. But, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, while this conversation is happening, this relevation has happened. Hein totally fucks things up at Barrier Control. And yeah. all the phantoms come in. It's like a phantom party Turns up in out this. they
3: can fly through the pipes. Yes. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, Hein.
0: And, uh, of course, that shuts down the lasers trapping our, our team in jail. The four Deep Eyes members and Dr. Sid search for Aki's ship. And uh, they use a car to do this. And they, the resulting crash uh, traps Ryan, who um, is the Ving Rhames guy, in some twisted metal. And they plan to pick him up later.
4: No, the bad kind. The kind
0: that hurts you. They plan to pick him up later in a smaller vehicle and take off. So at this point, they're just searching for the ship. They've escaped from jail, and they want to get off of this uh, terrible event that's happening around them. So yes, uh, Jane and Neil, remember those guys? Uh, that's Roz and Sibusemi. <laughs> they go off to fix part of the ship and are attacked by phantoms. We mm-hmm. think they're totally fine until some phantoms stealth kill Neil. And then Jane just sort of accepts her fate. So those two characters are dead. And a great way to keep uh, track of time in this movie is how many characters are left. So, we're, they're dropping like flies here. Yeah. Um, let's see. The wounded Ryan distracts a phantom from killing Gray. As we remember, he was trapped in a car. Mm-hmm. And he is devoured for his efforts. Uh, Gray forces Aki to go and stays behind, uh, presumably to avenge his friends. But Aki pulls back in to rescue him and he jumps aboard. So... Right now, the only characters alive are Aki, uh, Ryan, and uh, Dr. Sid.
1: And this is the point in the battle where if I was them, I'd really start considering using my mega elixirs. Like, yes, probably right? hoarding <laughs> them this whole time. I've saved them the whole game. It's really getting close to the end. You can, you can start using them at this point. I agree. It but they like did not. I think no.
2: it was this uh, this like weird kind of uh, futuristic highway setting that really reminded me of the opening of Final Fantasy XIII in uh, Cocoon. Uh, That's very uh, cool. Yeah. Yes. I,
0: yeah. I was getting shades of that. I didn't, I didn't know what it was. I was like, I've seen this before. Yeah. I've seen something mm-hmm. like this before. For. Yeah. But yes, uh, so instead of using megalixers like Chris said, Aki and gray have immediate space sex after watching their friends die horribly <laughs> yep. via yeah, phantoms. Yeah. I guess it doesn't phase them at all. No. And that actually reminded, reminded me of the love scene in Final Fantasy 8 of uh, Squall and Renoa sort of floating in that capsule. I mean, they don't have sex because. Uh, I don't know why they don't have sex. Oh, they but, did teenagers. Right? They did. Oh, they did? <laughs> teenagers. They did in my version. <laughs> I get
3: married so, first. Yes. Um, um, no, I... Well, to me, it's more like that zero-G kiss is like the Spider-Man
1: upside-down kiss. Aw. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, that's the same year, Only no one too. remembers it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And
1: there is no, no upside-down in space. So... Yeah. Whoa.
0: That was the other yeah, uh, so. tagline for Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Not as scary as the other one. Yeah. So, yes. Let's keep going. Uh, hein is distraught over his decision because... He just killed a lot of people, a ton of people, uh, innocent women, children, what have you. He's in trouble. Yes, he's in big trouble. He decides to end his life uh, via a shotgun sandwich. But at that moment before he kills himself.
1: 2065. Yes. Has suicide technology (laughs) not advanced I agree. gun to the head? Especially
0: in a world full of these phantoms, there should just be like a suicide patch. Just like, okay, a phantom's going to get me. I'm done. I'm (laughs) not going to get my soul pulled from my my body.
3: Cyanide, you know, whatever. Gun to the head. I think it's like a soldier thing, maybe you know. There's there's I, so much honor
0: in that. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, uh, we are now. Uh, yes. So Hein tries to kill himself. At the last moment, he notices that like the council has given in. They're like, "Okay, you got laser control, buddy. Go to it." <laughs> so like because I guess he's the only one who has the power to pull like the laser button or whatever. Push the laser button. <laughs> yes. Right. Which is right, what right. he does a lot later in the movie. Yeah, so do they? Do they even know where he is at this point? Uh, the council. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like he's probably I mean, in the suicide room Let's call, let's call right, him up yeah.
1: Yeah. Just in case
0: So back to the ship Don't let's worry this clearance. is almost over Has here Has I
1: committed suicide? No? Oh no. okay great yeah. Put him in charge of the giant
0: I'm sure he's yeah. completely fine yeah, yeah yeah Not distraught at all So we're back on the ship with uh, Sid, Aki and Gray And they find that the eighth spirit can be found inside the crater Where the meteor originally hit That is the danger zone my friends uh, right. Dr. Sid will install a module in Aki's chest armor to in- absorb the spirit And Aki says hey I'm up for it let's do it uh, meanwhile, Hein meets with the council leader, who gives him permission to use the Zeus cannon on the Phantom Crater. As Aki and the crew get closer, Hein commands a laser to kill them too. They survive, but the Eighth Spirit is destroyed, and the Zeus cannon does just what Sid says. It makes the aliens really, really mad. Um, Aki and Gray land on the planet in a land sort of rover thingy, and are surrounded by phantoms. So yes, we—they um, made it to Earth. They made it to the crater. Uh, they're being shot at by a space laser, which happens sometimes, <laughs> and um, Hein is going crazy. So, at this point, Aki opens communication with Hein and tells him the truth about the spirits, and at this point, at least in my opinion, Hein is actually kind of sympathetic because, um, you know, Aki is like, they're not bad, they're ghosts, something tragic happened to them, but... The fact remains that they are still killing people uh, ruthlessly without any really provocation. You know, like, the innocent people that they're killing are not necessarily firing at them. So, yeah. I mean, like, there could be a serial killer on the loose that was abused as a child or something like that, but he's still killing people. So it's not like, <laughs> let's leave him alone, guys. It's like, something <laughs> still needs to be done. But I, I think Aki and Gray and Dr. Sid's solution is better. So, Hein doesn't buy their crap. He orders the, the attacks continue, and um, Aki and Gray fall deeper into the chasm. They find another compatible spirit and are surrounded again. And then Aki has a vision, another vision of a phantom jumping out of her body, then spearing her, diving into the ground, and then regenerating the entire planet. I just did hand <laughs> motions for all of that to show yeah. you guys what was happening. That's very nice. Uh, and so it turns out all along that Aki absorbed the final spirit. I don't remember how. I don't know why. Can anyone explain this? I don't. I didn't, um, I couldn't figure out how this happened. Ray's looking at his phone. No, I <laughs> okay. that's not going to help. I was asking no, I Jeeves. No one? Geez. No. Jeeves. So yes, um, so the 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 spirit is inside of her, which I assume there there already was a spirit inside of her, but whatever. One could say the spirit was within. Uh, I wouldn't say you. that. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. There was no titular line, no. was there? Damn it. Okay. Yeah. So as expected, Hein won't stop firing the laser, even though the computer's like, "Stop firing the laser!" Yes. And he blows up the entire space station, killing everyone. This guy just. Like, I don't think he meets a fitting end because he takes everyone out with him, like all yeah. the innocent people no, aboard this the space station. Yeah, again,
1: I feel like this is an indictment of the entire, um, whatever the Organization 13 group, you know, that whole thing. Wait, Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, exactly. Okay, those, they're, they're part of this. At the beginning of those, those people at the beginning of the movie. When this okay. guy stomps up there again with his face pinched up. In anger, like he just smelled poop and doesn't know where it is, <laughs> yeah. and also and fresh off of the suicide like, attempt too. i are gonna fire lasers at things. It's like you put this man in charge. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Not one of you raised your hand and said, "I'm sorry." Uh, crazy person but you're not in charge anymore i do want to see the it's prequel
0: the prequel that has the heinz rise to power like starting out as like a community leader and then moving on to like <laughs> right, dog right, catcher right. or something right, right, right. Yes. it's like how do, why do people trust this guy you're right and then Chris. he walks
3: by a store with this nice black trench coat it's
0: like <laughs> hmm <laughs> and that's when his family is killed <laughs> he's, <laughs> at, yeah, <laughs> cause he's, cause he's out trench out. coat <laughs> shopping <laughs> and, uh, yeah buying
1: trench coats in the castro god <laughs>
0: <laughs> How dare you, Hein? So, uh, we're almost over. This movie's almost over. So, uh, mm-hmm. the thing explodes uh, on Earth. The phantoms are closing in on Aki and uh, Grey. Grey grabs onto Aki, tells her that he believes her. And basically, he is the conduit through which all the spirits transfer into the mm. giant cloud of phantoms that's attacking them. There's a giant cloud of phantoms, by the way, guys. I should mention that. Uh, all the phantoms turn from blue, uh, red to blue, and the earth is reborn. Mm. A bird flies over stuff, and the movie's over. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> and you sail away, plays. As yes. The- yeah. Who wrote that <laughs> song?
0: Anyway, and there are about eight minutes of credits. So yeah, that was Final Fantasy: Spirits Within. Um, don't say anything, guys. I want to move on to our next phase of this podcast. Okay. which I like to call big questions. Ah. So my first question for you guys, would this movie have made a good Final Fantasy game? As I said earlier, it's sort of like we're jumping into a RPG plotline about 75% of the way in. Do you think that they can make a good Final Fantasy game out of this if, if that were to ever happen? I mean, it's not going to happen. I, th- were-
1: I, I think that they should have made a Final Fantasy game out of this. I mm. think that Sakaguchi yeah. should have uh, dreamed his little dream about making movies and then said, ha, 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 But of course I can't do that. I'll just make a really good video game. Right. And this, this interesting story idea that I've got. Yes, this should have been Final Fantasy VIII. What I, a cool story. I
0: agree with you, Chris, because I think that this has such a more cohesive world than any of Square's later projects, yeah. like especially Final Fantasy thirteen. Like this has a, like a clear vision that has some strange logic, but at least the vision is there. Yeah. And yeah. he
1: rightly understood that if this was going to get mainstream traction, he was going to have to bring in Hollywood screenwriters. Right. He mm. was going to have to say, here's my basic story outline. You guys write the lines. Right. And quite frankly, I would. Love, I mean, this this is actually happening now with Japanese video game directors. I mean, if you look at like Suda Fifty One, you know, he's working with yeah. Hollywood screenwriters. So the game comes out and it's it, it comes out in English first, you know, to appeal to the widest audience. Um, and you get that combination. You get that. You know, I don't want to say the word wacky. But and you the whitest audience. You get that. Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Whatever I say. Whatever say. <laughs> and the whitest audience. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. got but it. You get the you get
1: the, you get the crazy <laughs> Japanese aesthetic, but you get it. You know, you you don't also have the word translated yeah. that exactly that was, yeah. that was a smart move it was and and so yeah i think they should have just made it you know it's, it is a, it is a video game plot it would have been a better video game plot because that's what they know how to do yeah, yeah. and you know they could have you know they, they could have turned all of this you know incredible kind of like you know the cg that they were doing and made it into really nice you know video game cg yeah. which you know is eventually what they kind of came around to doing yeah
0: uh th- ray go, go sorry oh, go, ray. Okay.
3: um i think like if Sure, a game would have been great, but even if it weren't, like, I think it should have just been inducted into the Final Fantasy family, like, a little more. Like, I think it'd be cool if we had Aki and like, Dissidia or something. That's true. I, I yeah. think they
0: ignore this movie completely in yeah. all the places they could have referenced it. Like, oh, it does not get brought up at all. In well, the- I
1: mean, you, you, I don't know if we're going to talk about this at the end of the podcast, but was the fallout of this movie? I mean, yeah,
3: mm. That's too bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, it kind of seems like a shameful thing.
1: It this this movie had terrible fallout because so. it came out, it bombed, it lost Square Enix or at the time, no, no, it lost it was square. just Square, it was yeah. Square at the time, but it lost them a bunch of cash. I mean, it lost Mm -hmm. them, you know, 50 million whatever dollars and the merger with Enix was was in the works, you know, since the year 2000 and it actually put off the merger because of Enix shareholders who were like, this company just lost a ridiculous amount of money and had this very kind of major public loss of face and we're not really sure if we want to merge with them. Mm, For Sakaguchi, um, who was just uh, top of the world, you know, yeah, with the Final Fantasy series. Definitely. He got, he got pushed, he got the, the you know, traditional Japanese uh, punishment of uh, being forced to look out the window, as they say, you know, window <laughs> gazing. Uh, they put him in a corner desk and you know, metaphorically, and they just right. didn't have him contribute at all to the Final Fantasy series. And he anymore. left really shortly thereafter. Yeah, right? he yeah. got out of there because he wasn't allowed to be creative anymore. Yeah. he was taken out of that role. Um, I so don't blame be,
0: them. For, you know, after losing fifty million dollars of someone else's money, I would be like, okay, put me in the corner. I'm under,
1: understandable, <laughs> but the, ser- the the game series suffered because yeah. I would rather it would. Wouldn't it have been great if Final Fantasy? I mean, Final Fantasy eight and nine, he wasn't really working that hard on because you know, he was working on the movie, mm, you know, yeah. imagine how different the Final Fantasy series would be now if he were still in, you know, direct creative control of those games, That 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, yeah. like, imagine those games done by Sakaguchi, and, and essentially, you're looking at, you know, stuff like Lost Odyssey, or, or in, in better, better shape, The right. Last Story, which mm. is an excellent game. I, I which, agree. Which, which, you know, what I played so far kicks Final Fantasy Thirteen's ass up and down the street. Like <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather play Last Story.
0: It's not hard to do, Marty. Final Fantasy Spirits Within game. What do you think?
2: Uh, I think it would have made it a more interesting game. Obviously, th- this was you know quite a ways off, but uh, I-, I kept seeing comparisons of Final Fantasy Thirteen, and I think this story would have been a lot more interesting uh, in game form like that.
0: So we're all unanimous except for Ray.
3: No, I mean, <laughs>
2: I don't. I
0: Ray line. agree no, with us. No, but I do.
2: I, I like what Ray said about. No, uh, I agree with it. I agree with it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, you know, it's, uh, they've kind of just uh, abandoned all ties to this movie, and I feel like you should own up to it a bit and, yeah. and you know consider but, it a part of your own history.
1: But it's but it, they consider it to be a black spot on their reputation. They, they, have they, lot, they, they have a lot. They have a lot worse black spots. With, <laughs> they parted ways, with Sakaguchi and everything having to do with Sakaguchi.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, which is
1: which is. Well, I think it's a shame. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean he. He made a big play. They backed him. You know, it didn't work out as it is, but you know, just unfortunately, unfortunately, that's kind of what happens in Japanese companies. When all you do I'm that. saying
3: is, wouldn't it be great? Look, we could solve that immediately. Just have a mono draw Aki as like a blonde, you know, wafy woman, and just put into Cydia. That'd be great, right? 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 And have yeah.
0: her do some of her classic spirits within one-liners, like, um, uh, "All right, let's move on to the next question." <laughs> ah okay this is a combined question uh does the cgi in the movie look dated if so how dated and my question i kind of thought of this while watching do you think those dreams that aki was having were those just put in to show off cool cgi effects i think that was their only purpose in the movie i mean they had a narrative purpose but i think like we have like this playground we can do anything we want with cgi in these dreams so let's do that in these dreams do you think that was a, the reason why th- these dreams were in the movie or probably it just
3: because you know that bug stomping angle is like the image yeah. of the movie yeah you
0: know all the promotional
3: stuff <laughs>
1: While the movie, um, I mean, it, did, it didn't do very well critically, um, you know, Roger Ebert uh, was actually very taken with it. Uh, he he yeah. thought it was really great, not because it, and he was very forgiving of what, right. he, what he rightly kind of pointed out were, you know, a shallow plot, bad characterization, you know, the, the human characters didn't really feel real.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, and he was very forgiving of all of that because he recognized the scope of the achievement that they had pulled off. They mm-hmm. had done a realistic... Fully computer rendered film, and and nobody had done that. You know, it wasn't. It, it really hadn't been that long since since Toy Story, right? You know? And this
0: was made for and, uh, adults, ostensibly. I mean, yeah. it was PG thirteen, but I don't think a kid would have that too much fun watching this movie. Yeah, right.
1: And and so he was very, you know, he had a lot of praise for what he called this new genre of cyber film. He understood that what they, they had done was, you know, really, really pushing the medium of film forward. And he said of those scenes, that, that opening on Aki's uh, eyeball, a close-up, he's like, it's almost as if the creators are are daring you to not admire their craft Mm. they're daring you to 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 be able to look at this and not sit in awe of of what they've done technically and you know as a technical achievement it was great does it is it dated now yes for the reasons that we've talked about with la noir and um and heavy rain and beyond doing facial capture and actually capturing human emotion on computer generated faces that is what these characters really lacked like they didn't when a guy's dying, he's like, ah, uh, you know, his, 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 his as you said, the, the Botox effect.
0: Yeah, especially with uh, Steve Buscemi's character. He's supposed to be this wisecracking guy, but he looked just so dead-faced when he's right. delivering these yeah, wisecracks. Yeah. There's no, like, emotion in his face at all. And they
1: did their best with what they could at the time, and that makes it look dated. I'll tell you this, though. I started watching this movie, and the first thing I thought, and I swear to God this is this is, this is is true, and I started looking at the um, the aesthetic of them walking through the ship and all the different uh, the, the ships and the, the, the things that they had created, this sort of bleak future military gunmetal gray world with their outfits and the the, the the shape of everything and i'm like this looks like i'm watching a mass effect yeah i thought of that too so it looks here's like the thing. Yeah, yeah. so you thought about that i thought about yeah, that mass effect sure as shit i go to the internet there's the art director of mass effect saying that spirits within was oh a major my God. visual yeah. inspiration for mass effect right
0: because uh, part of my part of my smart ass second part of the first question was uh, should would this movie be a good game and is that game Mass Effect? Yeah. That's gonna be the second question. As but it turns but, out, yes. Wow, wow, we figured it out. This is actually a Mass Effect movie. Mm-hmm. So like, let's move on. Um, okay but how But it we- shows
1: you the strength of the visual designs that right. they did. And so that and that's right. why I answered it in this question. It's it, it holds up in the sense that the quality of the design Excuse me. The quality of the design is actually very strong.
0: I believe I believe what you say. Yeah. Uh, actually Ray and Marty, what do you guys think about the CGI? Does it hold up? Or do you think it does look dated like well, a yes 2001? no. I mean
1: <clears throat> a lot of the
3: backgrounds and, you know, the sets look nice, but the, a lot of them are also, were also matte paintings. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh okay. so I mean a lot of the still stuff, you know, the things that aren't moving <laughs> that much are fine. Right. But I don't like the lip syncing. I think there's a couple points early on which are like Slight, but still noticeable, like frame weight, frame rate uh, inconsistencies mm. that I noticed, and it's just kind of jarring, and. Uh I also, liked. I, I sort of made the game to, like, look for clipping, because that, to me, that's, like, clipping in this movie is, like, seeing this the zipper on Godzilla. Oh, yeah. So. Well, like, when uh, Aki
0: and uh, Gray were hugging in the ship, I was, like, I was yeah. just staring at my TV, like, something's got to go yeah. through, you <laughs> like know. the
3: flowing <laughs> phantom crap at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's,
0: Maybe that's why the phantoms were all, were all like, invisible and translucent, to, yeah. like, cut back on animation costs. There like, that's go. why they can just touch everything they want. Marty, yeah. yeah. go ahead.
2: Um, yeah, I couldn't help, but, uh, uh Fuck. Move on. Okay. No, no. no.
0: (laughs) If anyone out there knows about, like, lighting or any sort of cgi stuff please write in i want to know like what we have done as a people since this movie has come out and why it looks dated i'd like to actually know the technical reasons i know oh, this it.
2: is uh, what i was going at is that they didn't uh, for having you know free reign of a world they didn't use the camera in any interesting ways mm. uh, for not being like tethered to the laws of reality uh all the shots were very kind of uh, film school static shots i noticed uh, that too yeah so all the dialogue was kind of a b a b uh, it's,
1: it's the work of a novice director a yeah. Man who yeah never even to this point made like a short film that was ever released before he never, ever done this, and here he was just sort of putting himself in a situation yeah. where he was going to do this a Hollywood blockbuster, yeah. you know? Yeah.
2: It just seemed like when you're untethered from those kind of, uh you know, gravity that's holding you down, then then why not try something interesting? Yeah. And the it movie feels, just seemed very, very by-the-books Hollywood. It does feel and, like it
0: was filmed like a live-action, like with yeah. the restrictions of a live-action movie. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: But the thing is, they had to also be... I mean, I'm kind of spitballing here a little bit, like, you know, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing, but my understanding is... I would guess that they would want to keep the shots as simple as possible because of the incredible amount of time that it would take to render each one. You know, if you're a film director, you could be like, okay, run through this scene. Okay, now I'm going to change the angle, run through the scene again. Okay, I'm going to change the angle, run through it again. Then you just pick whatever you want. With this, it's like, it takes, when it takes like, at the time, I think it took about 24 hours to render a frame of of movies like this. I mean, that was was the rough estimate of like Pixar stuff, right? So when you when it takes you weeks upon weeks to have one scene spit out that scene better be ready to yeah. go and you better not be doing anything too experimental. yeah i think a lot it of it work.
2: was uh playing yeah. it safe yeah. like you said mm-hmm. and i mean Ooh. the uh the estimate i read online of, of <laughs> how many man hours are put in this movie is 120 years
0: that's more than the pyramids that's know,
2: they, <laughs> yeah. I, right, think.
3: Right. I think i <laughs> think i read about the, the the server farm that they had going it was like several hundred like Pentium, 1 gigahertz machine. Yeah, it was like, it was, like was 933 3 megahertz like multi-core stuff. Yeah. yeah. And you know, they had all those going and so like if you only had one of those like rendering the whole movie it would
1: take like several hundred thousand days. Mm. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So, next Be- question. Before you before
1: oh. you start like um, before you as a film director can start creatively breaking all of the rules, you have to have an intimate knowledge of the rules. Right.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I feel like Sakaguchi comes from a generation of uh, Japanese developers that are in love with movies. Like, he's not very much older than Suda yeah. or um, uh, Kojima or mm-hmm. – um, I'm trying to think of another one. Someone help me. Shinji There you go. Yeah, yeah like, they—they. They, it feels like this group of people are really just in love with movies, and he got to live his dream. Unfortunately, that was a bad mm-hmm. dream.
1: He also kind of screwed the pooch for anybody like Kojima who's like, I yeah. make Japanese video games. Now give me a mil- $100 million to make a movie.
0: I <laughs> wonder how many – how much oh – god, I – Kojima had to be attached to a script at some point after Metal Gear Solid One. Do you think? I mean, something had to have happened, at least like pre-production wise. Yeah, yeah. But we can speculate later. Mm-hmm. Next question: Do any of these characters have a personality aside from determined or no nonsense? I couldn't find one except for Steve Buscemi's character. It's the same thing we had with with yeah. Resident Evil. I mean, those characters were not alive for very long, but no one is given any sort of distinctive interest or, I mean, even their design—it's just like two generic-looking white guys, yep. a generic-looking white girl a generic looking black guy I mean I think Sid had some personality Sid you know, I, I also want I want to note he's the most realistic looking character in the movie he still looks very realistic in my opinion and when I was watching this sure. in the theater um, 11 years ago I was actually like amazed just by Sid nothing I mean the graphics were great but looking at Sid I'm like he looks like a real human being
3: well this whole thing started with an old man oh <laughs> remember that original old man face technique yes that's right yeah, was that that was square or was that yeah, uh, okay cool that was then working oh
1: out. yeah old man
3: face yeah. Yeah. so we were all in agreement <laughs> that uh, old man face uh, are we all in
0: agreement agreement that no one had a personality okay cool we'll move yes on. uh did this movie uh script need to need to be a cg movie i mean could it have been i feel like there's so much uh devoted just to the characters talking moving around that i don't see why it couldn't have just been a regular movie with the uh, CGI effects that's
1: it what does yeah. what does this what does using cg add to right. this movie
0: i mean if you look at pixar's movies to that point they had toy story a bug's life and toy story 2 And then soon-to-be Monsters, Inc., which would come out a little bit after this. And none of those movies were just about a group of humans. They were all about, like, here's this thing that doesn't move, but it's moving. This is the power of animation. Yeah, and it's
1: not... It's like Toy Story. It's not... I mean, you could either do it with 2D hand-drawn animation, which is a specific sort of aesthetic, right? Right. Or you could do it with stop-motion live-action, which also is going to look like a specific kind of thing. But Toy Story, very rightly... I don't think it's a coincidence that Pixar's first major feature film was Toy Story, because they think they realized that... It looks like toys moving around more so than any other way they could make a movie about toys moving around.
0: And I just watched that movie a few years ago, and it does hold up, except for a few weird textures that you were never supposed to see that up that close and that high of resolution. Even <laughs> right. the humans look fine because they're stylized, mm-hmm. unlike these humans, which are kind of like dead-eyed zombies. Yeah.
1: Well, when you're making when you're making um, you know a movie about people, like we already have you know fantastic technology that replicates a human being exactly. It's called a human being. You can hire <laughs> yeah, you yeah. For, Like a lot less money. They can stand from right? a yeah, camera. But, yeah, and it's you're right. It, it, I think my answer to the question would be. It adds. It adds nothing. It was an interesting. It was a proof of concept. Yeah. Nobody else has done it basically, right? Since then, um, yeah. So clearly, yes. there's not much to be done. And but the thing is, it's it's showing that you can do it. What what directors are doing now is, you know, the the Jar Jar Binks, the the, the computer generated character, mm. you
3: know, right, and lots of green screening stuff. And like, yeah. to me personally, like I don't always like that like that's always really jarring to me just to have all this green screeny stuff like Star Wars or like something <laughs> for some reason I was thinking of the uh, journey to the mysterious island <laughs> oh man <laughs> like, that's just bad and it doesn't gel well to me so no. I think in some cases not specifically this story like, I think it'd be cool to see it again. I was thinking a yeah, Furry Vengeance Ray, so don't feel bad. All
0: CG. <laughs> Marty, does this script need to be in CG? What uh, do you think?
2: No, absolutely not. I mean, granted it was a few years later, but this, uh, this could have been filmed as like a slightly more expensive episode of something like Firefly. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, this could have been Serenity. And Serenity Shout out to your Firefly episodes. fans out there.
0: <laughs> Keep on believing. <laughs> I'll have you answering the the uh, question first, Marty. I feel like we're getting to you last all the time. Uh, do you think the metaphysical slash spiritual elements prevented this movie from uh, prevented this movie from being successful? I feel like that was sort of a bold move away from Hollywood tradition in that they incorporated this very Buddhist philosophy into their movie, and like at the end, every everything is dead, everyone's dead, but the world yeah. is reborn. And I don't see that happening very often in movies. I mean. If everyone dies in a movie, it's not it doesn't end with some spiritual uplifting moment. It's just like, oh, that was bleak. The end. Yeah. What do you think about that?
2: It was. Uh, I don't think that prevented anything because uh, I think people would have had to see it. Yeah, to, you know, to that's begin true. At, to, to realize that stuff, <laughs> word of mouth. This thing is spiritual as hell. Stay the f away. <laughs> um, and I feel like the spiritualism was pretty shallow, just like something like Avatar, yeah. and that made a like yeah. shit. Ton of oh, money. I guess
0: Avatar was spiritual. Damn. Yeah,
2: yeah. But the same kind of superficial spirituality. Yeah. Um,
1: Avatar is the plot of this movie.
2: Oh, I can. Yeah, Avatar. I, just, it's, it's Avatar as as a lot of Avatar. This. A lot of Mass Effect. A lot of uh, the second and third Matrix. What about Prometheus. Movies. Uh, Prometheus. I got from the weird kind of like a uh, spirit abortion they gave her. Yeah. That kind mm. of same thing happens in uh, Prometheus.
0: Ray, what do you think?
3: Uh, Yeah, I agree, pretty Mm. much, yeah. Cool. I think, like, yeah, I mean, you'd have to go see it, but I think also it's like, I thought it it was, you know, just base level sort of stuff, you know, sort of a lot of... uh, science fiction stuff that we see in other games and anime and whatnot so i but i think you know the average moviegoer is not that kind of person right right so i'm maybe they just saw it and say, what? it's like
0: buddhism yeah <laughs> i mean
1: I, I don't i don't think the plot i don't think that any uh thematic elements of the plot keep people away i think the fact that the plot was so one-dimensional and was sort of mm. poorly kept people away okay it just mm-hmm. wasn't there wasn't much there and it was okay again for video game where you would flesh that out with other
0: things right right like side quests and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah, this is basically like, like...
1: Oh, yeah, okay, great. She collects the spirits. There's no twist, you know? There's yeah. nothing unexpected happens. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, nothing is very yeah.
0: surprising about the movie, I guess. The guy's
1: like, I'm going to fire a giant laser. So he fires <laughs> the laser. Oh, look, it just killed a bunch of people. It did okay, exactly well, what I'm you said it would do. Yeah. Oh, look, the spirits turn the red things blue. You know, it's like... Right. Okay, great. I could have guessed the it's entire... like, oh,
0: and the space station exploded when I kept hitting the laser button when it told me not to. And it's just like... <laughs> the movie is really telegraphing these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, one of the final questions, okay, this is was a huge um, disgrace, in my opinion. Why was uh, Nobuo Uematsu not allowed anywhere near this soundtrack? This soundtrack was written by, let's see, um, Elliot Goldenthal. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's bad. He was very like workman-like soundtracks like Alien 3, Heat, uh, the Schumacher Batman films, and others. But if anything, I think... Uh, stands for Final Fantasy, it's the music because Mm -hmm. that's just such a key component of that series. And especially then when it was just Uematsu, you know, he was the music guy for Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. Why do you guys think he hadn't, I mean obviously the skill of a movie composer is different from that of a game composer. I don't expect them oh, to compose a movie.
1: I think you've hit on it. it they're completely different skill sets. Composing hmm. for a movie is not composing looping tunes for a video game. Totally totally different.
0: And But you don't think they could have thrown him a bone like here do the ending song or something? They should have. Oh they should have. Yeah. Yeah. The,
2: theme, the spirits within theme. Yeah. yeah. Um. No hmm. I yeah. I have no idea. I, I think and Chris probably hit it on the head.
0: Like yeah. I, th- I don't think the soundtrack to this movie is bad but nothing stuck with me. I can't remember anything and mm-hmm. if anything I walk away from Final Fantasy games even the bad ones with the song in my Head, you know, so. right.
1: I think it is kind of disappointing that ultimately they didn't, you know, again, I, I've explained why I don't think that they included, you know, so many traditional Final Fantasy elements. But Yeah, no way, Matsu, even doing the ending theme song, you know, where it would have been fine, like, you know, when they're just having something over the credits or the Final Fantasy theme at the end, yeah, or just like throw the guy you know? a bone, yeah, and and just not incorporating anything about Final Fantasy turned the core fans off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And those are the people that you kind of expect to, you know, really should have loved this movie.
0: That really surprised me at the time and one of the greatest parts of seeing the Silent Hill movie, which was a not a great movie, but hearing Akira Yamoka's Silent Hill 2 soundtrack being played in a theater, hmm. I'm like, these people like they know the source material, they know when to use it, and they're using music that we're familiar with and that's really great and that compliments the scene. And this uh, Goldenfall, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. It just didn't do anything for me. I don't know. You guys feel the same way?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. Yep. Much like the rest of them. Nice.
0: The movie. Last question <laughs> for me. Uh, is it just me or these phantoms look like those really tiny microscopic pictures of eyelash mites <laughs> or, or those oh. bed mites? Like those little things, like when they zoom in, they're like always like yeah, bright yeah, yeah. red or look, something.
1: Yeah. It's like, look at these horrible creatures yeah, that live on your face. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere
3: yeah. on a distant
0: planet there. Oh. They've, they've
1: grown huge. Yeah. The planet of the eyelash Maybe mites. the whole universe is just yeah. a speck of dust on someone's yeah. eyeball.
0: You know what? I'm glad the eyelash mite planet exploded. Yeah. I don't think they were doing any good, good for us. Right, yeah. They deserve to be angry. So that was my last question. Let's move on to our final segment in this podcast, which is user comments.
1: So at the end of the movie, the eight spirit was.
0: I don't know. <laughs> it, it just went inside Akiyama. It just own, went inside right? of her, oh, and then okay. they transferred all the spirits to the big cloud. Okay. Was, so, it, was
1: it a backpack? Or
0: what was it? Um, it was like there was this weird thing in her chest that. Um, i guess you can install spirits into it was never really made clear but oh, okay. yeah like sid put it in her so yes
1: was it 140 million dollars uh <laughs> part
0: of part of the budget went into that the Aki chest plate uh everything research. was sin-
1: uh, scientifically accurate in the movie they had so to that's test it was, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah they actually okay. had to kill people up a space, a space station etc so yes let's move on to user comments <laughs> The first comment comes from 8 Steep. He says, the worst villain. I just watched this for the first time a few weeks ago. What stuck out to me the most was how utterly stupid the villain is. Mm. After a mistake that results in the death of hundreds of people, he brings a gun to his head, unable to live with himself. But at the last moment, he puts it down, apparently vowing to himself that he can fuck up even more. (laughs) (laughs) And then proceeds. Pause for laughter. And then proceeds Uh, to accidentally blow up the entire space station. Everyone evacuated, too. Bravo, sir. Yeah. Bravo. Sarcastic clap. Insert here.
1: He put the gun down, and he's thinking, wait, I don't just have to kill myself. (laughs) Yeah. It's like,
0: go out in a blaze, take everyone with you. That's my philosophy. Let's see. Bullseye TM says, bleak, really bleak. Story-wise, I found him to be suffocatingly bleak. First, the villain unleashes the spirits, effectively killing thousands of women and children. Then we kill off Donnie from The Big Lebowski, Roz from <laughs> Frasier, and Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. And then finally, the villain kills himself and thousands of refugees by pressing the big red Do Not Press button. And the way they die is very disconcerting. From simple tactile contact, these things rip your soul right from your body as it struggles to desperately to hold on to the husk of your body. Mm-hmm. No heaven, no hell, just an eternity of suffering in the belly of a giant Cthulhu monster. Uh, Fortunately, you don't feel too bad because none of the characters are relatable in any way. Alec Baldwin runs around screaming, I don't understand what's going on here, the entire movie. (laughs) Steve Buscemi drops plenty of one-liners without any change in his facial expressions. I do like Ming-Na's character just because she's easy to root for and the actress puts forth the most natural voice acting in the film. Uh, in the end, 2.5 out of 5 stars. Greatest video game movie of all time. <laughs> that was Bullseye TM. And I think we all agree with you that um, Ming Nas' character is the strongest character. And I think she's a very, very strong female character because she's not um, sexualized at all. And except in that Maxim bikini shoot, we can, we we can all ignore that. Yeah, all. it's not yeah. canon. Yeah, it's not canon. <laughs> that did not happen. So yes, Dr. Cossack says, this movie inadvertently turned me into a Dragon Quest fan forever. Sorry, inadvertently turned <laughs> me into... I was wondering
1: me. what had happened to Dr. Cossack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that whole uh, Mega Man cross thing uh, didn't really work out. <laughs> so, my brother and I went to see Final Fantasy The is Spirits he, is Within. Is
1: DLC in the Vita uh, version of Street Fighter X Tekken?
0: Dr. Cossack? Yeah. <laughs> better be. That'd be awesome. Uh, my brother and I went to see Final Fantasy The Spirits Within with a few of our buddies back in high school. Uh, although the majority of us were still loyal fans of Squaresoft's long-running RPG franchise, we unanimously went into the most the mostly empty theater with the lowest of expectations. The movie came out between FF9 and 10, when Squaresoft's cutscene visuals were seemingly unparalleled. Although Spirits aspired to be more realistic presentation that boasted a level of detail impressive for an animated CGI movie of its time, its unremarkable cast still languished awkwardly in the uncanny valley. Still, I cringed through every last scene and hope that I, mo- that I might catch, at the very least, some meaningful nod to the film source material. And he didn't. <laughs> the whole experience was a little more than a 90 minute tech demo that was as brainless as it was heartless. Wow. Dr. Cossack, you hate Real this movie. Talk, yeah. Epilogue In spite of the frequent, infrequent ups and 9,999 downs Square suffered in the following decade, one thing remains clear the company would have been better off had it focused on developing surprising and inspired video games instead of dabbling in aimless, overblown films. I think Chris said as much earlier before we started.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that they developed this film taught their CGI guys probably a great deal about, Mm -hmm. you know, producing effective CGI and that was really one of their strengths in Final Fantasy 8 and 9. But at the same time, they they would rather not have blown all this money doing that. They would have rather done it with video games. I just found it really funny how just after trying so hard for so many years to like break out of the little bubble of Japan and like get final fantasy accepted and loved and adored on the worldwide stage. They finally, you know, kind of like they, they, they hit the, 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 the secret recipe, the magic formula with final fantasy seven. It becomes incredibly popular. They make tons of money, have tons of goodwill from people all over the world. And they're like, let's waste it. Let's (laughs) waste it all as soon as, all the money, all the goodwill, let's just destroy it all as quickly as we possibly can and as publicly as we possibly can.
0: Mm -hmm. And like in my blog post for this uh, episode calling out, telling people to to write in their comments, it felt like at that time Square could do no wrong. Like everything they touched turned to gold Mm -hmm. until like this was the turning point. So yes, uh, coming up on our final comments, uh, Master Guru,
1: Final Fantasy did not jump the shark yet with this movie, but they, they bought the ramp
0: and they were, they were looking into
1: jet ski rental services. <laughs>
0: it's like I've heard about the shark jumping. Tell yeah, yeah, me more. Yeah. I'll read. The, I'll read your pamphlet. So, Master Guru eight eight four two seven says, although there were references to Final Fantasy thrown in thrown in there, Sid the Chocobo print PJs. People may have expected more mainstays of Final Fantasy franchise incorporated more openly. The ones I saw were a bit subtle. Spirits looking as if they wanted to cross into the far plane. The alien souls being almost a foreign life stream. The Zeus cannon equals mega flare. The barrier around New York basically being the spell barrier slash wall. Meteor fall brings calamity. I enjoyed the movie for what it was and what it brought to the table. A decent story, good characters, a bit of humor and flashy graphics, which even by today's standards are damn good. So Master Guru likes this movie and I can't, I can't hate you for that, dude. Somebody's got to like it, right?
1: <laughs> I'm sorry for him. There's so little Final Fantasy references in this movie that he has to start making them up.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel yeah. so a bad. wall. It's just like um, a spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Final, Fantasy movie, Final Fantasy games had girls, and Aki's a girl, so whoa, That's huge. Oh, Neil Sama has one good thing he can say. For a movie where everyone dies at the end, at least Shinji wasn't in it. And that's oh. a shout-out to all you anime fans. Wow. Look it up, oh, well. kids. Mm-hmm.
1: What? I'm sorry, what anime is that?
0: Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I've never heard of it. Okay, everyone dies at the end, <laughs> and it's all Shinji's fault. That's all you need to know. So, uh, Matthew J., I think you're being facetious, Chris. Matthew J. says, uh, it's showing its age. Weird. I just happened to watch this a few nights ago. While visually mind-blowing at the time and still quite beautiful, this movie is starting to show its age, particularly in the character animations. Some of the close-ups still look really good, but can fall deep into the uncanny valley. And the body movements often look more like G.I. Joe's being moved around the room than real people. Even that billion-dollar hair is starting to look a little dated. That's from Matthew J. And I think uh, most of us agree that it is looking a little dated, uh, although those dream sequences still look pretty good. I don't know, and like Chris agree?
2: said, I, th- I think th- it looks a lot worse when you're paying attention to it because I d- I didn't mind how it looked, but I was also watching it in a small window that's on true, my computer yeah. while I was writing an article, yeah. and so I just kind of occasionally glanced at it, and out of the corner of my eye, it looked pretty good.
0: I gotta say, Marty, the best way to watch this movie is while doing something else. <laughs> I was folding towels.
1: <laughs> I was reading about this movie on the internet
0: when I watched it. Nice. Yeah, that's how Microsoft wants you to watch movies while oh while my reading God. something Smart else. Glass. Mm. Ray. Any any comments?
3: I'd like to make one final talking point about the the, casting. These
0: are final comments, by the way, so we're going to wrap up here.
3: The casting was awful. I agree. I feel like they shouldn't have used celebrities, even though I know it makes sense because it's big Hollywood. You want star power and everything, but it's like...
0: The star power of (laughs) Ming-Na?
3: Alec Baldwin, Steve Buscemi, and all this. That's true. The problem with me is like, i know who that is is talking i know who's talking rather and i can't wrap my brain around the fact that they're voicing a different realistic looking character that like, yeah that doesn't sit well yeah. with me and i think like the alternative thing would be do, to do would be like rockstar and a lot of the gta voice actors just like get unknowns yeah to do it because like you know and you know whether or not rockstar paid them well i mean they at least acted pretty well and it's like sometimes you know you get these big names and they just they don't, right. they don't they don't, they don't gel I mean we well.
0: bring our baggage to the movie and we like yes. like why is Steve Buscemi here why does he look like that it, yeah
3: yeah it's like why Perry Gilpin it's like why any of them when they all look at least ten years older than their characters
0: yeah okay oh, yeah, final comments uh Chris anything I, you to, know, to, to wrap up here
1: um I think we've established here I mean we've we've poked a little bit at it you know the fact that this movie did in fact have a legacy whether that was you know inspiring other video games or you know um, it, it, making Square Enix still, you know, one of the better, more interesting companies as far as, like, computer graphics in Japan. But in the end, Spirits Within was this... It was, like, one of the most expensive, overblown, ridiculous vanity projects of mm-hmm. all time. Mm-hmm. Um, Sakaguchi, I, again, I've hit this again and again, <laughs> was not a film director. For all of his strengths, he was not a director of movies, mm-hmm. and he wrongly, you know, thought that he could make that transition. Um, making a Final Fantasy CG movie might have been something that Square Enix could have done, but in all the things that they did right, you know, in terms of securing Hollywood talent, you know, whether or not we think that that's the correct move, you know, getting English language script writers, hollywood scriptwriters to do it all all the kind of things that they that they thought of correctly yeah. you know it was still sakaguchi couldn't you know give up the, the 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 important kind of creative control of this whole thing um you know to an extent that would get somebody else in there that was just more of an experienced film director and work alongside them you know he really wanted to run the whole thing by himself used all the company's money you know to to do this um and and that was kind of why it was this big thing for him when i the only time I've ever interviewed him, um, I was like, "Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing you know Sakaguchi. This is for Lost Odyssey, I think." And I was just like, "Oh, I gotta have him sign something." All of my Final Fantasy stuff was in was back in my parents' place at this time except for my copy of the spirits within. oh no so my copy of the spirits within which i watched last night um has sakaguchi's signature right across the front of it um, did his nose
0: start bleeding as he was signing it <laughs> um,
1: what actually happened was i said oh i have something for you to sign it's like oh okay of course you know and i gave it to him and what he said was oh the movie <laughs> and he signed it and handed it back to me So, I think that pretty much says it all. It's known as the
0: movie in his life. Wow. Uh, Marty, final thoughts?
2: Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, looking it up, it it was a colossal failure Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the box office. It was the 74th highest grossing movie of 2001. Wow. Uh, Things like Memento and Amelie and Gosford Park, which were made for, you know, uh, most of them were made for just one or two million dollars, ended up grossing a lot more than it was mm. the year the first harry potter movie came out the first lord of the right. rings movie came out mm. uh and so it's not necessarily a bad movie i don't think i think it's a lot better than some of the other movies we about. that's true yeah um but it is completely forgettable and for the amount of money that it uh you know took to make it uh that's kind of its undi- like its last legacy
0: i totally agree with you like I was disappointed that this movie wasn't worse or better because it's in this dead zone of movies where it's just very, very mediocre and dull, where I can't get any, I can't get ironic enjoyment out of it, and I can't get <laughs> sincere enjoyment out of it. So it offered me nothing. And like you said, it's a shame to see so much money thrown at things, um, so much money thrown at a project, and this is the result. Yeah. Also, Batman. That's not related at all.
2: (laughs) You finally got out of that podcast, (laughs) today. I hate Batman. I hate the
0: new movie. Let's wrap up. So, yes, if you'd like us to read your letter on the show and or feature your envelope art on our blog, uh, please write to me. uh, Retronauts, care of Bob Mackey, IGN.com, 625 2nd Street, 3rd floor, San Francisco, California, 94107. Please do it today. Our contact info, we are at Retronauts on Twitter. I am at Bob Servo on Twitter, B O B S E R V O. Do you guys want to give out your Twitter accounts?
1: Yeah, my Twitter handle is Kobunheit, kobunheat,
3: K
0: O B U N H E A T. I am R D B
3: underscore A A oh, A. I am uh,
2: McBiggity, M C B I G G G I T T Y.
0: Awesome. Please subscribe to our blog. I That's hate one up. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that two G's, two T's? Yep. All yep. Right. Get it through your heads, people. Subscribe to our blog, oneupblogs.com slash retronauts or retronauts.com spelled R-E-T-R-O-K-N-O-T-S scom I got to keep doing
2: that. This is <laughs> very confusing. Yes, I do a blog
0: post for each episode where you'll see notes, uh, videos, track listings for all the music you're here, you'll are you hear. And then we have a lot of other great posts unrelated to the podcast. So please uh, check it out and please read one up. And I wanted to remind you guys every Friday at 12 o'clock PM PST, that's 3 o'clock PM EST. Other time zones, you figure it out. We do lunch break, Retronauts lunch break, where we play an hour of uh, a video game every week at Friday. Uh, uh, we live stream. We do do commentary. We take questions via our Twitter account, and it's great. And uh, we usually have either Marty, me, Jeremy, any of the One Up crew. Ray's been on a few. So if you like us, please watch the lunch break. And uh, if you can't watch, we put those videos on YouTube later. And as always, please keep the reviews coming in in the iTunes Music Store. Those help us in some weird nebulous way. I haven't been able to figure out yet. So. That's it. Any plugs? I am... Uh, I don't have anything to plug this week, guys. I'm sorry. Chris, anything you want to plug in personal projects?
1: Um, well, I mean, you know, not a personal project, but we just redesigned Game Life, actually, today. Oh, nice. Today. Uh, for the first time in its uh, almost seven-year history, it's gotten a, a really big redesign where it's no longer just a, a reverse chronological listing of blog posts, essentially. <laughs> uh, it's more along the lines of the fact that we're just doing a lot more features now, and I agree. Oh, I, I just love the look of it, so uh, just go check out Wired.com slash Game Life for the new thing. Awesome. Um, Also, I'm going to do, this is on topic, I'm going to do a contribution to a book project uh, that a couple of uh, video game journalists, guys associated with the site Nightmare mode, are putting together. It's called Crystalline, or Crystalline, and it's about Final Fantasy. So Mm. um, I'm going to write about Final Fantasy V. Uh, Jason Schreier uh, from Kotaku is going to write some stuff, and so is Tina Amini.
0: like an awesome project. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's going to be like one essay about... Each of the major Final Fantasy games by a different writer for each one. Killer. Very cool.
0: Yeah. Ray, nothing
3: brand new. Please buy and read my magazine, scroll.vg, and listen to my other Scroll's podcast. awesome. No more whoppers. So, Marty. so many whoppers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have
2: our our, our cover story this week is uh, narrative in games, which is very exciting. Um, It's awesome. We have some
0: cool stories uh, up and coming up. Okay,
1: and and Bob, you and I are both going to be a classic gaming Uh, expert. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's coming up. What day do we know? It's
1: it's it's gonna be it's it's uh, August um, eleven and (laughs) twelve.
0: So next week, right? Next weekend.
1: Next, not this
0: coming weekend, but the but weekend following. Weekend. Yes, so yeah, please August look for uh, me and Chris. I think we're going to try to podcast, maybe do a short one from there if yeah. we have time. And I want to thank uh, Ray and Chris again for coming in. And we will see you guys in two weeks with a new episode of uh, Merchonauts Movie Month. See you then.